0: get if you're spiritual hallelujah Hallelujah. now this is I'm not preaching yet this is just I want to share this with you here Um, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 no 1, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13. I'm going to start. This is just a little appetizer. Okay. First Corinthians 2 verse 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing what? Spiritual With spiritual. Okay. So the things that the Holy Ghost teaches are spiritual things. Okay. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned but he who is spiritual judges, judges yes. all things. He who is spiritual can judge all things, can discern all things. And one of the problems of the body of Christ, I heard Mama Alberta say this a few years back, that the body of Christ is not discerning. We don't have discernment. We've got to get our discernment up. These, these days we're living in, you've got to be discerning. I said these days we're living in, you've got to be discerning. You've got to know what you can do and what you can cannot do. Where you can go, where you cannot go. Uh, which, where you can visit and what you can, where you cannot visit. When to fly, when not to fly. What street to go down and what street not to go down. Which McDonald's to go to. I know I'm going deep on you, but I'm saying, I'm saying we got to, to because lawlessness is abounding, and the prince of the power of the air is at work, and we have to be discerning, and that requires us to be spiritual. We've got to come up from being natural, okay, because a natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. Verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. When you're spiritual, you will now have the mind of Christ. Now look at verse 1 of chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you. I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal In other words, there are some things I wanted to say, some things that need to be said, but I couldn't tell you. There's some revelation. There are some things you cannot get because you're not spiritual. And I'm not talking about you. I'm saying this is what Paul is saying. But the point I'm making to you is what God said to me for us is that you and I as the body of Christ, as members of the body of Christ, us as a corporate body must become more spiritual more spiritually inclined, more spiritually in tune, more spiritually discerning. Because to go where God wants to take us individually and corporately, it's going to come through spiritual wavelengths. You, can, you, know, you follow what I'm saying? Thank you, Lord. You're not, we're not going to get it being natural. We're not going to get it being carnal. So we're, we prayed over this church this morning, over this whole campus over this whole campus that, that the school becomes more spiritual the youth ministry becomes more spiritual the deacons become more spiritual the ushers become, the greeters become everybody this praise team becomes more spiritual hallelujah now that may not move many of y'all right now but I guarantee if you step over into what I'm saying you will see drastic things happen in your life because you're going to get revelation that's going to bring manifestation in your life and not just for you. Hallelujah. So God wants us to come up. So I want you to know that uh, we're, we're, we're headed that way and we're not going back. We're headed that way, full speed ahead, we're not gonna slow down. So I'm advising you, tell your neighbor, go ahead and catch up. Tell them be spiritual. Don't be natural. And don't be carnal, don't be carnal. What's, the, what's the natural? Natural is an unsaved person Carnal is a saved person who still thinks like an unsaved person That's what carnality is You're saved, but you still think and act like an unsaved person Okay But when we're spiritual, man We can, we can make some movement in the things of God Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord I had some dreams, you know that we're, I was praying this morning I, I prayed in here and God, while I was praying, brought back some dreams to me, <laughs> visions that he showed me some years back about this church. And I brought a, matter of fact, laugh about one of the visions I had um, was about people gathering before, before church starts. Church only not have a chance to start. People already gathering, praising God. They, they couldn't wait on the praise team of musicians to be in place. They just start praising God. One of those had me laughing because Deacon Mack was leading, leading the praise and worship. <laughs> I said, God has a sense of humor, too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So um, that's where we're headed. Amen? amen? Praise God. All right, are you at 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Yes, sir. All right, let's get started now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. We'll read those two verses together. Okay? When you get there, say amen. amen. All right, it reads its way. Ready? Read. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. That word reconciled, you look it up in the Greek, literally means to be brought into right place, to make everything even. It means God doesn't owe you anything and you don't owe God anything. That's what it means to be reconciled, all right? Be reconciled to God. Verse 21, ready read. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Tonight, that's our subject, the righteousness of God the righteousness of God. Thank you, Father, tonight for the word that we're about to receive. I pray, Father, that your people have hearing ears and seeing eyes and receiving hearts, that God, your word may go forth, Lord, unhindered, unchecked by any outside force, that your word may move swiftly and be glorified among the people. Tonight, Lord, I pray that as we receive the word of God, it'll change us on the inside, and it'll cause us to have a greater revelation of who we are in you through righteousness, we pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Amen. And amen, praise the Lord. All right, the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. All right, now, I've been sharing with you how we've been called to reign or to have total victory in our lives, right? And to not allow life to ever reign over us. Now we've been looking at, uh, if you go backwards uh, a couple books to Romans chapter five verse 17, and Romans 5:17 talks about how those who receive, what? Abundance. Well, maybe we better read it again because y'all don't remember. We've used it for the last three weeks. Romans 5 17. Romans 5 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Come on. And of the gift of righteousness will do what? Reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm just I'm gonna ask you to, to commit that verse to memory, whether you memorize it word for word or you get the meat of it. You gotta get it in your spirit. I got three amens and one yes, sir. You gotta get this in your spirit, okay? Because this is your calling, this is your mandate. To reign in life, I'm not going to go back through. But I showed you a couple places in Scripture, in in the Book of Revelation, chapter one, chapter five, chapter twenty, where uh, we're going to reign over the earth. So I've been telling you that you reign in your own life. That's a training to reign over the earth. Right? Okay. So Romans five seventeen, I've also showed you the CEV where it says, "We will live and rule as kings. We will live and rule as kings." Okay. Now, that's what God called us to do from the very beginning. Back in Genesis chapter 1:26, when God said uh, to Jesus and the Holy Ghost, let us make man in our own image and our likeness and let them have dominion over the earth, fish of the sea, birds of the air, so on and so forth, right? But he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Then he said, let them have dominion. Now, what's the image of God? It's righteousness. Okay? I've taught you this before. And the likeness of God is holiness. Now, we also understand physically we are triune beings just like God is a triune God. Right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Spirit, Soul, Body. Right? We're made like God. How many of y'all understand God has hands? Right? Stretches out his hand. God has eyes. God has feet. God has a backside. He sits on his throne. Right? God has, you know, the heart of God. Right? David, a man after God's own heart. Right? Now not physical. I'm talking about because God is a spirit. So we're made just like him. You understand? Your spirit man is is, um, the real you and your spirit man has all those same parts. Right? Your spiritually you have a heart. Not this beating bump, bump, beat. I'm talking about your spiritual heart. Your spiritual eyes. Right? Thank you, Lord. So, but Revelation is here that we're made in God's image and his likeness. His image is righteousness. He made us in that image. And he gave us his likeness, holiness. We'll deal with holiness later. Be holy for I am holy. Be like me, holy. Got it? So notice here in Genesis one that before he let them have dominion, he gave them his image and his likeness. So you can't exercise dominion without image and likeness of God. You can't exercise dominion. You can't rule and reign without righteousness and holiness. Okay? This is this is this is this is good here. This is a Wednesday night group. Good. Okay. So We've got to get a revelation then of righteousness. That's why God has us on this here. Because we're called to rule, we're called to reign, called to have dominion. That's, that's been our assignment from day one. When God made Adam, that was his assignment, to have dominion. man. And he said, let them, means all mankind, to have dominion. You got it? All right, now, that takes a revelation of our righteousness, okay, to know who we are in God. Now, let me give you this definition that we've kind of summarized righteousness. I'm not going to go through all the Greek, those words. Uh, I'm not going to worry about that tonight, okay? Righteousness is a state of being innocent, faultless, guiltless, approved and accepted by God. It is right standing with God, okay? Can you say that with me? Ready, go. Righteousness is the state of being innocent. come on? Guiltless? It is what? Right standing with God. okay? Now that's what? When God gave Adam, when God made Adam, He made Adam with that. Okay? Now according to Romans 5:17, we've been on that verse here. It's a gift to us. We receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Okay? Now, what happens? The moment you and I get born again, we are instantly made righteous. I know I'm reviewing it. Y'all know this, but just act like you're interested. The moment you and I get born again, we are instantly made righteous. Okay? You and I don't have to work to become righteous. We are instantly made righteous. Righteous, We're instantly innocent, instantly faultless, okay? Instantly in right standing with God, okay? Go back to Romans 5, and we'll see something here. We looked at this Sunday. Romans 5, 17. We receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. We reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in what? We don't like that. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in what? Justification Justification, made right. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, that one man being Adam, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be what? Made righteous. Made righteous. Okay, now let's go back. When God created Adam, Adam was created or made righteous. Right? But then Adam sinned. Right? And when he sinned, he became a sinner. Right? He was made righteous from the jump. He sinned and became a sinner. So then, from then on out, he passed on his sinner nature to all men. If Adam had messed up, we all would have been born righteous. But Adam messed up, and so his sin, sinner nature was passed to all men. So it didn't matter how cute you and I were when we were born. It didn't matter what tribe we were from, what race we were from, what uh, economic class we were from. Every one of us, we were born sinners. Got it? Adam was made righteous, became a sinner because of his sin. Now you and I didn't become sinners because of our sin. Remember that on Sunday? We sin because we were sinners. Okay, now that's that's important for people to get here. Psalm 51, verse 5, in the Living Bible, this is David talking. He said, but I was born a sinner. Everybody say, I was born a sinner. So he said, I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, I was a sinner. From the moment I was conceived in the womb. Okay, now his mother conceived him, conception is not birth. So he's going back before before his birth. I was born in sin. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, from the moment the seed met the egg. Because the seed was a sin seed. (laughs) It, It didn't matter whether David's parents were married or not. It was still a sin seed. <laughs> it didn't matter if his parents were Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. No, they weren't. They weren't. There was, nobody was like that back then. But it wouldn't matter if they were. They were, It was still a sin seed. Thank you, Lord. Oh boy, I could go theological. Explain that because <laughs> getting saved does not turn your seed righteous. Getting saved does not convert your seed, man. It's still a sin seed, because uh, your sin seed was already in you, and you were already in your dad, and your dad was already in your granddaddy, your great granddaddy, and going so forth. That's what the Bible talks about in the Book of Hebrews when it says that Abraham, that Levi, paid tithes in Abraham. What does it mean? What I mean by that? Levi was in Jacob. Jacob was already in Isaac. Isaac was already in Abraham. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's already there. Okay, y'all understand the scientific part? Of, okay, okay. I'm trying not to go all there. Okay, so, they, y'all y'all, okay? Okay, I know I'm going slow. I just I want to get this in you. So David said, I was born a sinner, and yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Okay, why? Because the seed was a sin seed. Now that's the man we read in verse 19, Romans 5, 19, the first man. But see, the the second man we read, the capital M, Jesus, didn't come from a sin seed. Matthew 120, put that on the screen for me, please. Matthew 120. Matthew 120, back in the New King James Version. This is about Joseph, who was supposed as Jesus' father. says, now, he's, he's engaged to Mary. And he finds out Mary's already pregnant. And his thought is, oh, man, I thought I had a good one found out. She ain't nothing but a, you know, whatever. He got those kind of thoughts. But he's a respect, respectful man, and he wants to put her away privately. He says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. Watch this. For that which is what? Conceived, Conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So the second man, Jesus, didn't come from a sin seed. So he wasn't conceived in sin. He wasn't born in sin. You got it? But he had opportunity to sin. Y'all know. Okay. Hebrews 4.15 says this, that Jesus Christ was in all points tempted as we are Yet without sin. Did y'all catch that? He was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Now, if he didn't have the ability to sin, it wouldn't have been a temptation. It would have been a temptation when the devil tried him on the mountain or on the pinnacle of the temple. It wouldn't have been a temptation if Jesus couldn't have done it. He could have. He could have done it. He could have chosen. In fact, the Bible says when you read in the book of uh, uh, Luke, I believe it is. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let me see if we got this right. Luke, and um, chapter two, verse fifty-one. Luke 2.51, this is after Jesus was uh, found in the temple. Remember he was missing for three days? Yes, How many of y'all remember that? He was missing for three days. The, his parents, had, they had been to Jerusalem for Passover, and they left heading, heading back uh, home, and uh, three days in the journey discovered, hey, we're missing our child. <laughs> we forgot something. They lost Jesus. They, they know they're in trouble because they lost Jesus. You got to talk to God about, oh, you, God, we, we lost your son. Right, so we got to go back and look. I know three days we got to go back and find, our, find the boy because that's not going to look good in front, of Jesus, in front of God. So they go back and they find him in the temple and he's uh, asking and answering questions of, of, the, of the law, the lawyers and so forth. And uh, he became, watch verse 51. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother to cut all these things in her heart. He was subject. He became obedient to them, which means he had the opportunity to be disobedient, to be a rebellious child, but he chose to subject himself. He knew his identity. He knew who he was, knew his purpose, knew, knew God's plan for his life, and he had to choose. He had to choose to submit. So when people think, well, Jesus Christ was perfect because he was the son of God, no, he's perfect because he was obedient he chose not to sin oh man that's good that means if he can do it we can do it he wasn't sinless because he was God's son he was sinless because every decision he made he chose not to sin so you and I can make the same decisions in our lives we can choose not to sin hallelujah all right, now, so Jesus Christ didn't come from us a, from a sin seed, okay? Now, we're, we're talking about Romans 5, verse 19, we saw Sunday. Um, because of one man's disobedience, Adam, many were, uh, uh, many were made sinners, right? Then from one man's obedience, obedience many will be made righteous, righteous all right? Now, go to 2 Corinthians 5, 1, our main scripture here. Because we just showed here, Jesus Christ didn't come or he, he didn't sin in his life at all. We saw Hebrews 4.15. He was tempted at all points, yet without sin. Yet without sin. Do you understand how big that is, yet without sin? That when he goes to the cross, he has no sin on him. He's perfect. The unblemished, blameless sacrifice. And he has no sin in him whatsoever. And because he has no sin, he can't die. Y'all got to catch this. He has no sin. He can't die. He called The Bible calls the prince of life. He couldn't, he couldn't die. You know, he had to die by faith, die by grace. He had no sin. Not because he didn't have opportunity, it's just he chose not to sin. Every day, not to sin. And so he has to give up the ghost. He has to lay his life down. He has to say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He has to release his spirit. The Bible says he gave, he breathed his last. He gave up his ghost. Gave up his spirit because he's sinless. Got it? Okay. I know that's good. <laughs> so let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.21 now. Because I want you to see what happened on that cross. Okay? Now, think about it. Jesus has no sin. Or he has never sinned. He has never sinned. Which means he can't go to hell either. How's he going to go to hell? He's never sinned. He is totally righteous, totally perfect. He can't go to hell. So notice what has to happen because he's got to go through hell to pay this price for us. This is the whole reason why he came to this planet. So notice what has to happen. His father has to make him sin. His father has to Virtually is the word we want to use. Take the sins of all the world and put them on him. Now, I know in our Old Testament class, we didn't do details about Levitical priesthood uh, and the sacrifices they, they would make. But in the Levitical priesthood, they'd have something called a scapegoat. You have heard it the phrase scapegoat? This person a scapegoat. What they would do is they would, they would bring uh, two goats and they would, they would kill the one, right? That one that was representing the sins of all the people. This is how they atone for all the sins of the people every year. They take the, the blood of that one, put it on the unspotted one and send him away. He, he be, that, that goat became the scapegoat. That's where that name comes from, the scapegoat. When John looks up, John's baptized at the Jordan River, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the whole world, he's referencing this same picture. That they would take all the sins of the people and put it on that unblemished, unspotted lamb, and he'd be sacrificed. He takes away the sins of the whole world. He had no sins of his own. You see that? So, Second Corinthians 5, it says, For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Amplified, classic, I think, says something like virtually. Y'all know about virtual reality? Yes. Ethan sat up when I said that. He's... Virtually to be sin for us. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin. Who knew no sin? You got it? So Jesus never, never experienced sin at all. All of a sudden, he's carrying the sins of the whole world. You're going to send his anguish on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know why God has forsaken him? You know why God can't look at him? Because he's full of sin. Not his own, ours. That Father God had to put on him as a scapegoat, as a sacrificial lamb, and to qualify him to die and to qualify him to go to hell. So Jesus, who never sinned, instantly was made sin. He was made in total wrong standing with God. The same one who three and a half years prior to that, who heard his father say, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Three and a half years later, his father can't look at him. Why? Because he's virtually... Sin. Okay. Now, why they do this? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. For us, that, or you can write in your Bible, so that. So there's there's a there's a there's a a, a, a method to the madness. So there, there's a means to an end. You know, there's the end to this all. All right. So the point of him becoming sin was not just to be sin but so that we might become or like how the King James puts it actually so that we might be made he made him sin so we might be made now he had never sinned and we had never done anything good he had never done anything evil and we had never done anything right but God's flip-flopped. I call it the, one of the great exchanges. That he took all of our sin upon himself and in exchange made his righteousness available to us. Now, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if, if the body of Christ understands that because we kind of take that lightly and don't understand what it costs for us to be righteous the price that was paid for us to be righteous. What he had to endure it was no small deal. So when we understand we're made the righteousness of God, oh man, we appreciate that, right? Okay, so again, Second uh, Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him who knew no sin, or I could say never sinned, yes. to be sin for us, that we, we, we could put who never did right. Never did right. <laughs> we might be made or might become the righteousness of God in him. Glory to God. Now we're the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus. So our righteousness is in Jesus. Our righteousness is because of Jesus. So you can't be righteous if you're not in him. That's big. Because the point I'm trying to make tonight, I've been trying, I'm making it the last two services, but I want to make it more clear tonight that you can't have your own righteousness. It's the righteousness of God. Hallelujah! Your own righteousness will not cut it. Put up uh, Isaiah uh, 64 and verse 6. Isaiah 64 verse 6. Put on the screen for me, please. Isaiah 64 and verse 6. Hallelujah. But we are all like an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses come on now, are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. We are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses, our ways of being right, our things we've come up with are like filthy rags. Now, there's all kind of theories, biblical theories. Theologians have come up with what filthy rags means. One of them is referencing um, uh, uh, menstruation rags, what they're talking about there. Some have referenced it to mean just uh, filthy cleaning rags or the rags that lepers would use on, on their bodies. Either way, no matter which one you use, you understand filthy, nasty, you don't want it on you. You You're not going to have no used rags from a leper laying around or any of the other cases. Right? And what he says is, and all our righteousnesses, he didn't say, and our righteousness, he said, and all our righteousnesses. What he's implying is, Everybody kind of does their own thing. They try to come up with their own righteousness. But there is one righteousness, and it is the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus. And if you do any other uh, thing, if you try to come up with any other way of being righteous, you are considered unrighteous. Glory to God. There's only one righteousness that qualifies. One righteousness that'll allow you in into God's heaven. Tell your neighbor, it's God's heaven. It's not man's heaven. It's not your heaven. It's God's heaven. He makes the rules. He sets the standard. It's as we like to say, his way or the highway. Bible says a highway of holiness shall be there. Hallelujah. We got to take his way. And the way into holiness is righteousness, and it's his righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're talking about tonight the righteousness of God. Can you say that with me? The righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Now, what is the righteousness of God? Let me, let me give you a, a, a summation that I, that I put together. You can write this down. The righteousness of God is justification by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, apart from the law, apart from works. Okay? I'll read it again. The righteousness of God is justification by grace through faith in Jesus Christ apart from the law, apart from works. Now, remember now, all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Now, our righteousnesses are all our works, our actions, our things we do to make us feel like, think we're right. What we think God wants, what we think God Uh, qualifies us, what we think makes us right. But that's not the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is justification by grace through faith in Jesus Christ apart from the law, apart from works. Y'all got that? All right, let's look at some scripture to, to validate that. Romans chapter 3, please. Romans 3. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 3, we're going to start at verse 21. Let me know you get there by saying amen. All right, that was two amens. Romans 3, 21. We're already in the book of Romans, right? Oh, y'all went 2 Corinthians. Oh, y'all went Isaiah. Oh, we we went off course. Okay, we're back on course now. All right, my bad. Okay, Romans chapter 3. Now what I tell y'all righteousness of God is, is again. Okay, now let's find that in scripture here. All right, Romans 3, verse 21, we're going to go through verse 26. Got it? But now... The righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. Is revealed. Revealed means it was before hidden. Before it was unknown. Such that people didn't know how to do this. So the righteousness of God must be revealed. That's what God's doing for us. Okay? Of God, the righteousness of God is uh, apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets spoke of it; it was just hidden. That's what the Old Testament is. Okay, verse 22. Even the what? Righteousness of God. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who what? Believe. Who believe? For there is no difference. For there is no difference. You don't get some special pass because you're a certain certain tone of skin, or a certain gender, or because you come from a certain family, because your daddy was a pastor, because you come from four generations of evangelists. There is no difference. The righteousness. Apart from the law, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. So the only way to get this righteousness is through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So you don't get it by the works you do, you get it by believing, by putting faith in Jesus Christ. Now I know this is this, this doctrinal stuff ain't too exciting. You want to hear me preach about how your money is coming. But I'm talking about, that. we got to get this down because if you don't get this down, you won't get your money God's way. You won't get healing God's way. You won't get any kind of divine manifestation God's way until you get this revelation of righteousness on the inside of you. In fact, I brought this book here. This is is a devotional by... uh, Doctors Philip and Alberta Derber, y'all know the Durbers, right? Come here all the time. And uh, they, they do a daily YouTube broadcast. Actually, it's, it's on television there in the Frankfurt area. But you can pick it up on YouTube, and, and uh, we watch it every day. I read this every day. There's a devotional for, it's 365, actually, 366 uh, devotions in here. Every day talking about righteousness. Awake to righteousness. Every day learning about Righteousness. See, because most Christians have no clue about righteousness. And we we read things like, the wealth of the sin is laid for the righteous. You don't even know what it is to be righteous. (laughs) You got to know what it is to be righteous. Not just be a Christian. Because there are many Christians who have no clue whether it is to be righteous, and so they have no ability to stand before God and receive anything. Hallelujah. Uh, they have, you know, this, this hardback version, they have, a, they have a soft version of it. They have a, what they call a little baby, uh, a little baby bear version of it. In fact, you can actually get the uh, online version of it, the e-book of it. Amen. But I, I, I encourage you, I don't know what it costs, uh, half off right now? Merry Christmas. I'm I'm serious. I would get it because to read it every day, they go through something on righteousness every 365 days because that's a paramount subject to those of us in the body of Christ, to understand righteousness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we're talking about here in verse 21, Romans 321, or 3, 322, we just finished here. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. Verse 23, watch this. For now any of y'all grew up in Baptist church, you learned the Romans road. Y'all learned the Romans road right in Baptist church? Yes, Romans road to salvation. You had to know, what, now was this not the first thought? Was this the first one? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I thought. This is the first one. You had to know, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You had to know that stop. That's the first stop on the Romans' road to salvation, knowing that everybody, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Notice it didn't say all sinned. It said all have sinned. Tell your neighbor, all have sinned. It didn't say all sinned. Cause I used, hear people say that they' trying to make excuses for their little sins. well you know all have sinned and come short of glory. Okay, yeah, I know we did, but we shouldn't still be sinning and using this as an excuse. All have sinned Then they use the excuse, well we're sin abound, grace much more abounds. No, that's not what the Bible says. It says we're sin abound dead, grace much more abound dead. that's past tense. Don't keep on sinning. Shall we continue sin that grace may abound? No, God forbid. How shall he that is dead to sin live any longer therein? Okay, so cut out the sin. Praise God. Okay, so for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay? Because of sin. Got it? So because of sin, people fall short of the glory of God. Remember I talked to you about, uh, I think that was Sunday, about how you couldn't enter a king's, stand before a king anyway, just anyway. You had to be in the right condition. So all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You can't stand before God's glory, God's presence with sin, but you can when you're righteous. You got it? Now, again, you got to keep this concept in your mind. I'm not talking about what you do. I'm talking about who you are. I don't know if y'all awake tonight. I'm not talking about what you do. I'm talking about your condition, your state of being righteous. We got to keep reiterating that, obviously. Okay. Verse 24. Verse 24. Being justified freely by what? His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as the propitiation by his blood, the atonement for uh, by his blood, through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. In his forbearance. Y'all know what a forbearance is. Y'all get along. He had passed over the, <laughs> the sins that were previously committed. Verse 26, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So when you put faith in Jesus Christ, he becomes your just, now he's already just, but now he becomes your justifier. So now he is just and we are just. (laughs) Reconciled. He doesn't owe us anything, we don't owe him anything. (laughs) (laughs) Do y'all see that? Do you understand that? Thank you, Lord. I believe if you meditate this at home, you'll get it. Just how big it is to understand that you and I could not even approach God without God through Jesus Christ making the way for us to be righteous. And when you put your faith in him, you didn't just escape hell. You were made just. You were reconciled. Thank you, Lord. No more debt. We had a sin debt that we could not pay. And he paid it all for us. Can you say amen? amen? So again, righteousness, the righteousness of God is justification by grace through faith in Jesus Christ apart from the law, apart from works. Okay, now how many of y'all ever heard of Martin Luther? Okay, not, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther. Martin Luther the King. No. Martin Luther the original okay he taught during the 1500's he taught he, he, he delved, delved into the word of God and got a revelation of righteousness the reformation was started by his acts remember Apostle Durbin mentioned to us about the 31st of October how he slapped that the, was the uh, 95 thesis on the Catholic church door Now, he was up against a behemoth, the Catholic Church. It's still a behemoth, the Catholic Church. And why he opposed them, behemoth, y'all know behemoth? Behemoth is a monster, it's big, it's an incredible thing. Okay? Why he opposed them was because the Catholic Church, I'm not picking on the Catholic Church, I'm just saying this is what was going on, and to this day their doctrine still holds to this, that they taught that to be made right it didn't come through believing. Justification didn't come through faith in Jesus Christ. It came through acts of penance. So you go before the priest, a little confession booth, and confess, ominous, vomitous, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What was your sin? Oh, I ate six pieces of chocolate, and I, um, whatever, whatever the sin the sin was. Well, okay, six Hail Marys and, uh, you know, but if you went in and said, oh, what was your sin? Oh, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. What was your sin? Oh, I, I uh, cheated on my wife and, uh, oh, well, you're going to need 17 Hail Marys and you got to uh, give uh, $17,000 to the church. They gave what was called, here, here's, the, here's the, the, the doctrinal term they Use indulgences, indulgences. And an indulgence was a way for people to uh, lessen, to reduce or eliminate the penalty for their sins. You want to know how the, how the Catholic Church got these big chapels, the Sistine Chapel, and got all these big mega buildings, and they own real estate all over Africa, and they own, they own I mean, how they got that? Penance, indulgences, a lot of sinners. I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, that's, that's not a joke. I, that's no exaggeration whatsoever. People had to pay. Even, even, if, even if they had a loved one who had already died, and they said, well, their soul is in purgatory. And well, what we're we gonna do? Well, you can pay some money and make sure they can come out of purgatory and go to heaven. How many of y'all have heard that? I mean, yeah, I'm not making this up. Huh? No, he's not. They know I'm not making this up. This is real to this day. Now, if you have someone who died and you don't like him, you're like, I don't care nothing about that. I don't... Let them go to hell. Go to hell. They should have gone to hell. They were mean asses. Don't let them go to hell. <laughs> right? Let them burn. So they had, they had created these ways, what they call justification, uh, what they, these indulgences. So Martin Luther comes along, and he begins to break open the word. Y'all got to remember, in those days, 1500s, and before what we call the Dark Ages, everybody didn't have the Bible. One of the earliest Bibles we, we see written is the, uh, it was, it was the Geneva translation, whatever, in the 1590s something whatever it was. So people didn't have Bibles. They had to just listen to whatever the, the priest told them which came from the Pope. The whole, this is how all over the world. So people all over the world are, are, don't understand that they can simply believe in Jesus Christ, receive him, and be made right. But they can repent, and God forgives them. They didn't understand that. And Martin Luther comes, and he writes his 95 thesis and, uh, theses, and theses, it's, it's 95 different theses he makes. And, and he, he slaps on that door. Boom. He's calling him for, he's like, come on, let's argue about it. Let's, let's have a discussion or debate. And they refuse. And what they did was they excommunicated him from the church. He died excommunicated. He died preaching and teaching. Justification by faith alone. That's how the uh, Reformation started, where we get the Lutheran church, Martin Luther. The Protestant church, that's what we're part of, the Protestant movement. What is, what is the Protestant movement? It's the protesters. That's what the word Protestant means. They were the protesters. Protesting the teachings of the Catholic Church. We're still protesting. <laughs> I heard one guy say a few years back, a very prominent guy, I won't call his name because I, I love him. And he was just wrong. He said, The protest is over. No, it ain't. No, I'm still protesting. I'm not, I'm not going to go back to what they were teaching. Not when you look in the scripture and say but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. That's in the Bible. Hallelujah. If we sin we have an advocate with the Father. Not an advocate with the priest. Not to go in some little booth oh forgive me Father. Forgive me Father. Forgive me Father. Talking to that Father up there. Yeah, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. (laughs) Praise God. So people, they were ignorant of this righteousness of God. Now, let's look at Romans 10. Let's look at Romans 10 because something happens when people are ignorant of the righteousness of God. Have you learned anything new so far? Okay, good. I'll help you out a little bit here. Romans 10, verse 1. This is Paul who writes this, right? He says, brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel. Now, who is Israel? These are God's people. He said, but I'm praying for them that they may be saved. God's people, God's own chosen people, but they had gone so far from God. And Jesus Christ had come to them first. John chapter 1 says that he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. His own were the, were the, were the children of Israel. And they did not receive them. Receive him. So now here's Paul, years later, he's writing a letter to the church at Rome and said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they may, that they may be saved. Why? Verse 2, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. They have a zeal for God. They're excited. They They want to, you know, they have some kind of desire for God. But not according to what? To knowledge. How do we know? For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. So, notice here, you, cannot, you and I can be ignorant of God's righteousness. And what happens when a person is ignorant of God's righteousness? They will do this they will seek to establish their own righteousness, their own way of being right. They will make their own rules, they will make their own regulations, and they will not submit themselves to the righteousness of God so when you seek your own or seek to establish your own righteousness you are not submitted to God's now listen to this to seek to establish your own righteousness that is the classic definition of religion religion is man establishing his own righteousness and he says when you do that, you're not submitted to God's. So notice that God's righteousness has nothing to do with religion. Oh, y'all better hear. God's righteousness has nothing to do with religion. When people ask you what religion are you, tell them none. I'm not, I'm not a religion. I'm not in a religion. I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People are they outside. You see people people all all on the internet. about you know them, them being religious and being spiritual. Because they don't get God's righteousness. They they getting bowls and and making music with bowls and they they getting rocks and stones and and crystals and beads and what's that? Sage and To be spiritual. And they're zealous about it. Are they not? I mean, they go buy all the stuff. They'll deck their whole house and all this stuff. They'll have beads in the bathroom, beads in the living room, beads in the in the bedroom, beads, beads everywhere, and rocks and stones and crystals everywhere in the car. They have little, little ones, little crystals on the little necklace. Everywhere they go, I gotta just go with my beads. They're zealous about spirituality, but not according to knowledge. And because they, haven't, they don't have the knowledge, they're ignorant of God's righteousness, and they seek to establish their own righteousness and do not submit themselves to the righteousness of God. Let me ask this question. How many of y'all have ever, ever played Uno? Uno, Uno. All right. <laughs> Have you ever played Uno with somebody who didn't know the rules? Yes. <laughs> yes. Or played checkers? In checkers, Some people believe you can double jump, triple jump, and you can go backwards and forward. Some people believe you can't do that. Now, I'm of the camp that we can go every every direction. As long as you go forward, first you can go. Now, here's a problem. None of us takes time to read the rules. Nobody stops to read the rules. So you have your rules, I have my rules, and probably none of them are right. We've not we've not submitted ourselves to their rules. We've established our own rules. And nobody we, we got to we make up your own rules on how you win the game. Nobody even knows how you, how you really win the game based on the the rule book. Based on the rule book. Based on the prescribed rules. that do not change based on what neighborhood you're from. Based on, well, up north, this is how we play up north. I'm from Chicago. And in Chicago, this is how we play in Chicago. <laughs> you tell them, you ain't in Chicago. You in the bird. This bird rules here. Now, isn't that what's happening in the church? Depending on what denomination you're a part of. What movement you're under. People have established all their their own set of rules. Or they have no rules at all. Thank you, Lord. What's happening is people are winging it. That's what you do. I've seen kids do that. They playing, you know, they just wing it. I've seen rules change right in the middle of a game. That's <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of a game. you <laughs> a <laughs> draw four. You gotta wait, you'll draw four. You draw 4 you got to wait. You ever play tump with people and people don't play by the same rules playing tump? Now that kind of stuff gets you killed right there, boy. You know. Spades, that'll get you killed. It's fights break out on spades. Did you just renege? I didn't nig, That's how we do it up there. This ain't Largo. <laughs> <laughs> <Come on now. laughs> Hallelujah that's what's, what the devil has done even in the church and even among people, especially people of the world. People of the world, classic, it's classic religion. They try to establish their own way of being right. So what they'll do is, they'll do works to make themselves right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to feed the hungry every weekend and so I can be right. That doesn't make you right. That's wonderful that you feed the hungry every weekend, but that does not make you right. I'm going to go and I'm going to volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club. Wonderful, do that, but that does not make you right. Well, I'm going to go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday because I want to be right. That's wonderful, but that does not make you right. See, that's your own rules. That's your own way of trying to be right. That is not the righteousness of God. That's the righteousness of you. You've established your own little denomination. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the body of Christ in general. Splits happen. Well, you got to wear white on first Sunday. That's, that's, that's when you're righteous. You wear white on first Sunday. If you don't come up that communion table with a white linen cloth, you ain't right. remember we, when we finally found out why they covered the clock, covered the table. We thought it was something deep spiritual, why they covered the table. We found out the reason they covered the table because it was to keep the flies off. If it wasn't for the flies, they so we stopped covering the table. <laughs> but see, people were doing things trying to be religious, trying to be right Righteous. righteous. You understand that? But righteousness comes by faith in Jesus alone. He did righteous acts so we could be made righteous. Made the righteousness of God in Him. Is this helping anybody here tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, go to Romans 1, go to Romans 1, because righteousness or the righteousness of God is understood by revelation. Now, that's big what I just said there. It's understood by revelation. See, I can teach you things. I can say things. I'm giving you information, but you must get a revelation of what I'm saying for yourself means you got to meditate this thing and ask God to open your eyes to righteousness because I can guarantee I can double dog guarantee you by the time you get out of the church five minutes tonight the devil's going to bring something up you sat in church all that service and you know what you was thinking about see he messed with somebody already I don't even know how you sat up in there and you and your wife wasn't even talking. He's going to give you every reason why you're not qualified, why you're not right. So all the preaching I've done or teaching I've done, if if it stays at the information level in your life, it will never help you. It must be revealed to you, which requires you to meditate on it enough for the day dawn to rise in your heart. Amen. You, oh, I'm telling you, if I mean, you, you y'all may not may not meditate on much I preach about, but I need you to meditate on this because everything else in your life hinges on this issue right here. Are you in Romans one? Yes, sir. Look at verse um, sixteen. We notice it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now watch this. For in it, everybody knows verse sixteen not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. People have written songs. We are not ashamed. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, we sang songs like that. But it doesn't stop. It says, for in it. Now, wait a minute. It's, go back to verse 16. It is the power of God to salvation. For in it. Are y'all listening? Are you understanding the, the, just the, even the grammar of that? Yes, yes. The reason why it's the power is because for in it, yes, yes. Right. y'all gonna catch it. In other words, if you and I don't get a revelation of the of the of the righteousness in verse 17, there could be no power from verse 16. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On, Are y'all seeing that here tonight? Yes. Put verse 16 back on the screen, please. Come on, Let, let's let's read it. Let's put our eyes on it. Ready? Read. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is. Uh Uh-huh. Why? For in it. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel, the Bible says that God preached the gospel to Abraham. Abraham then believed God, come on, help me out, saints, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The gospel was preached to Abraham, the Bible says. The gospel gospel was preached to Abraham. He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Righteousness. Are y'all seeing this here? So, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power unto, or that brings about salvation, not born again. Salvation. Greek word, soteria. Soteria. It's, it's the power of God unto Total life deliverance. That's what soteria is. That's not the word for born again. That's the word for sal- for victory, deliverance, freedom. For who? Everyone who believes. To the Jews first. Then thank God also for the Greeks. Verse 17. For in it, in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, come on from faith, from to, faith, faith to faith as it is written, come on so what is revealed from faith to faith? The righteousness of God it's revealed from faith to faith now, what does that mean? go back to verse 16 go back to verse 16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ but it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who what? for everyone who what? For everyone who what believe. so believing means I put faith in something. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. So go down to verse 17. Verse 17. For in it the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. That's that first initial faith to faith. Now what happens here? My initial faith is I believe in Jesus. What happens then? Righteousness through the word of God Is revealed to me Which now leads me to more faith Okay I was thinking about this last week You know how we, we, we've been Saying our whole lives uh, You know our Christian lives within faith world We say we go from faith to faith yes. And don't we, don't we say we go from faith to faith How many of y'all have said that yes. you Tell somebody you're going through Well you know we go from faith to faith but is that what the Bible said? That ain't ween what the Bible said. The Bible never said we go from faith to faith. It said, because it's the only time you see the, see the words faith to faith in the whole Bible. In the whole Bible, it's the only time you see the words faith to faith. What goes from faith to faith is a revelation of righteousness. It didn't say you go from faith to faith. It says in it righteousness is revealed from faith to faith wow wow Ooh, we've been saying stuff all this time well, we go from faith to faith Well, and I understand there's, there's some truth to that matter that we go from faith to faith, we increase in faith but that's not what the scripture's talking about the scripture's saying that your revelation of righteousness comes from faith to faith what does it mean? Your first initial faith when you believed in Jesus now brings you salvation or that born-again experience. But to experience complete salvation, verse 16, you need a revelation of the righteousness of God. Boy, y'all are not catching this. I said, when you first come to Jesus Christ, you put your faith in him, you experience a new birth, you're born again. But to experience the salvation of verse 16, you need a revelation of righteousness. This is what I'm trying to get you to understand. You will never experience the fullness of salvation until you get a revelation of righteousness. As much as you may want it, you will never experience it until you understand you are righteous before God. And it's revealed from faith to faith, which simply means, switch to the Amplified Classic on this. Switch to the Amplified Classic. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, I'm over time. Let's, 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 let me, let's me finish. Romans 117, uh, Amplified. For in, it, for in the gospel, see, that makes it clear. In the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and, watch this, leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. So I start at the level of faith where I am to receive Jesus. But the more I meditate the word of God, the gospel, I get a revelation of righteousness that revelation produces more faith. How does it produce more faith? Because the more you understand your right standing with God, the more you now can expect and believe God for things. Yeah. Oh, let me help you. Okay, let me put it, put it, put it, put it. I'm me, going to put it pretty simple. The devil, okay. You remember when, when the centurion, who the Bible said, uh, the people came to Jesus Christ and said, "Jesus, uh, there's this centurion. His uh, servant is home. He's sick, and uh, he 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 he's, he needs you to come and heal his servant." And they said, "Because this man, he's built uh, synagogues. He's done all his he's given all. He's done all these wonderful things." And they said, "So Jesus, come and deal with him." They were giving Jesus this man's resume right. to establish his worthiness of the miracle. And when Jesus finally met the man, the centurion said, Jesus, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Speak your word only. We, we like to preach about speaking word only. But I want you to see his mindset. He said, I'm not worthy. The people t- trying to tell Jesus how worthy. So they were living on a, on a merit-based system. They had to do so many things to merit God's goodness. Oh, wow. Merit, earn, deserve. Right, right. Right. That's not it. Jesus went beyond his merit and healed him because Jesus is, is, is demonstrating the grace of God. Now, how does that help me? or How does that pertain to us? Because you and I, if we continue in a merit-based mentality, then there are things that we think we will never be able to receive from God because we don't merit it. We don't deserve it. We're not worthy. So the devil will help us stay convinced in our minds that, okay, God, I need a car, but I don't deserve that kind of car. I'm going to help you out. I'm not worthy of that kind of car. I'm not worthy of that kind of house. I'm not worthy of that kind of wardrobe. I'm not worthy of that kind of lifestyle. Now, who's telling you that? It's the devil. devil. So if you're not worthy in your mind, you will have no faith for it. Oh, come on, help me out of here. You won't have faith for it because you are still stuck in a merit-based mentality. I ain't been saved as long as so and so. Well, I messed up, you know, a few times here and there, and, you know, I I don't deserve that. The devil's going to help you. He's the accuser of the brethren. Now, who is he accusing you to? You. No, he's accusing before God. No, the devil's not allowed in heaven anymore. Oh, I better, I better. I I need to teach y'all, son. I need to to teach y'all. Listen, the devil's not allowed in heaven. When the devil went, went to heaven for, with Job, Jesus Christ had not gone and shed his blood and put his blood on the mercy seat. But once Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary's cross, and the Bible says he put his blood on the mercy seat, he has cleansed the heavens, the Bible says. The devil is not allowed to go before God anymore. The devil can't go before God and say, God, can I please try so and so? He can't do it. He's not allowed in heaven anymore. So when he's accusing the brethren, he's accusing you to you. He's accusing you to you. He's going to tell you you're not worthy. He's going to tell you you don't deserve it. He's going to tell you you ain't good enough. But you have to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's when your faith can be released. So the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Now what happens? When you release your faith, all of a sudden you exercise your faith and you get a greater revelation of righteousness. You, then every time you go up, you get a greater revelation of righteousness. Wow. And the greater revelation you get, the more faith you release. And the more faith you release, the greater revelation you get. It's faith to faith. why don't you say hallelujah do this real quick give me Romans 117 in the CEV let me me speed up because I I just want to share one more scripture CEV the good news tells us how God accepts everyone who has faith but only those who have faith it is just as the scriptures say the people God accepts because of their faith will live so God accepts everyone who has faith y'all got it That's the good news. news. All right, give me the same verse in the uh, easy-to-read version. Easy-to-read version, please. The good news shows how how God makes people right with himself. Who does it? God. All right, God's way of making people right begins and ends with what? Faith. Faith. The one who is right with God will by faith live, with God by faith will live forever. Last one, the Passion translation, the Passion translation, please. Hallelujah. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. A perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. Watch this. And it moves us. It moves us. It what? This revelation of righteousness moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. Are y'all catching this here? Where God's taking you, you're going to get there by faith, by the revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. That's what the scripture means when, when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. Alright, one last place tonight, and we'll quit. 1 John 3, verse 20-23. through 1 John 3. Does this help anybody tonight? Yes. I don't want you to walk around like the centurion. I'm not worthy that you should come into my house. If you grew up in church, any, any any old deacon, they pray, "Oh Lord, oh we just sent us here tonight before you, Lord. Lord, if you can stop by here, if you're not too busy, Lord, stop by here tonight. We're not worthy, Lord. We're not. I mean, people say it. We're not worthy, Lord." Over and over again, we're not worthy. God, you've been so good. We're not worthy. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Well, you no, know, you weren't worthy when He died. But now that you put your faith in Him, you've been made worthy. Tell me, you you've been made worthy. How much are you worth? You're worth the precious blood of Jesus. You weren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. All right, now, okay, let me, let me say this, then and we'll move on and we'll, we'll quit this whole thing here. Okay, righteousness will get rid of condemnation. Remember, I'm talking about to receive from God, you got to know you're righteous. I've been trying to get you to understand this in this this little series here That you cannot receive the things of God Without understanding your righteousness Your your spirit won't let it happen Let me correct that Your soul won't let it happen Your soul will not let it happen Your soul will always take you back down Your soul will always take you right back down To that lower place Look at what it says here, 1 John 3, verse 20. It says, but if our heart condemns us, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. That's a good thing. And knows all things. Keep going, please. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence. So you can't have confidence and condemnation at the same time. You're either going to have condemnation or you're going to have confidence. Your confidence comes from a revelation of righteousness. Condemnation comes from the devil. He's going to reward you all night long, all day long, telling you how bad you are, how unworthy you are, how insufficient you are. And your soul will shrink back down To that level. But it, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, that's where I want us to be. While our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Keep going, verse 22. And whatever we ask, now this is a heart that's that's confident here. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. See, you're not even gonna ask if you don't have confidence. because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now that's holiness. But I'm going to teach on that. Holiness comes from righteousness. Last verse, verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Believe on his son. The moment you and I believe on his son, we have been instantly made righteous. We have received the righteousness of God. Not us making up our own rules. <laughs> Not us trying to conjure up our own way. Not us being religious. It's us receiving his righteousness. Amen? Amen? Do you agree with that and receive that tonight? Will you give Father God a big hand of praise tonight in this place? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I can approach my father boldly and ask for anything I need, anything I desire, anything I could want with the confidence that he's he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Don't have to go back... Uh, put up James 1, verse uh, 5. Put up James 1, verse 5. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to show you how, th- how this works. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all how? Liberally, Liberally and without reproach. Put that in the Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible. Y'all righteous ones, I want you to hear this. If any one of you is defic- deficient in wisdom, I'm asking of giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault-finding. So when you know you're righteous before God, he's not going to find fault with you. You know sometimes we do our kids and they ask us, I'm talking about their little kids, were well, you good in school today? Here's the Santa Claus mentality. You better watch out. You better not pout. You better watch out. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you are awake. He knows when you are bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh. Now that same Santa Claus mentality, people take into the church, into the body of Christ, You ain't been good enough for that. He made you good. He made you good. He made you good. He made you good. Hallelujah. Now Santa Claus isn't real, but God is real. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you tonight for the word of God. Thank you for your people. I pray that, Father, that hearts have been changed because of the word of God tonight, that people, Lord, uh, that, that every eye has been opened in the spirit to see and understand the revelation of righteousness, God, to know who we are and what you've made us, God, instantly righteous in you, that we do not seek to establish our own righteousness, but we submit ourselves to your righteousness, the righteousness of God. I pray, Father, that we'll understand more and more greater revelation every day by faith, by faith, a greater revelation of who we are in you, Father, so we can move up in the world, move into the fullness of the, of the salvation that you provided for us through Jesus Christ. Now, I pray, Father, this word will be sealed in our hearts and that it will produce in us the fruit that you sent it to produce, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen, amen. and amen. Give God one more big hand of praise tonight.